Amen, amen. We're blessed with some God-honoring worship. Amen? amen? It's fantastic. Just, just to sit through those services and watch the, truly people worship with their heart, it's, it's a blessing to see. It's a blessing, church. We are a blessed church. Can, uh, can I get another amen? Yes. Um, so I preached this morning at Mud Creek, and, you know, we're seeing... We're seeing the Lord work there. We're, we're excited. Just don't know what God's got going. We're pray, praying through that and trying to be obedient. But at the same time, you know, uh, it's the Lord's will we seek, right? And so whatever that looks like, we're, we're praising the Lord today for that. So let me pray. God, speak to our heart through your word. Help me, God, to deliver your word for your glory. And may you get it all. And uh, we're praying, God, for our lead pastor. He's under the weather. God, our church, our campus, everyone involved that's, that's serving you today, God, there's many. Help us, God, to stay faithful. Uh, we love you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Colossians chapter 3, Paul writes to the church at Colossae. It's an interesting uh, text. It's about 10 verses, and we'll see how far we get this morning. But with that being said, I used a portion of this text last week uh, at Mud Creek doing Easter. Because there's some, there's some co-resurrections. We're going to see some tie-ins here from Friday to Sunday. We're going to look at what happened Friday and, and compare it to us spiritually and just kind of walk through. Now, we don't fit in the, the Bible in the sense of, hey, comparison to Jesus. But there's a dying to self that I want to talk about today that we know is biblical and we know is healthy as a, a believer. And if we're a believer in the house, then that's where we want to get to. So uh, we're going to walk this text out and, and get as far as we can get. Verse 1, chapter 3, Colossians says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Okay, let's walk this out. If is a question. So here's the question. It's a dying to self. It's the question of resurrection Sunday, but pre back over here to crucifixion Friday. Have you died? And if you have, then you were raised with Christ. Now watch this word. This is a, a two-letter word, if. It's interesting because actually they say it translates into since. So really it is a question, but it's a confirmation when Paul writes to the church to say this. It'd be like us writing to Union Hill. Hey, Union Hill, you claim to be believers. So when do you claim? Since you claim. Then he's going to walk this text out. You were raised with Christ. Beautiful picture. It's just we got to, we got to land spiritually somewhere. We, we've had a, a death or we haven't. We've spiritually died for a physical change or we haven't. And if we haven't, then we got to do that today, right? Like you can't leave here thinking you're a believer, not being a believer, and if something happens, then you don't spend eternity with Jesus. And so we would say get that right first. But if you have, then check this new life out. Paul says it in the, in the book of Galatians that he's been crucified with Christ. He's died with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live now, watch this, in the flesh, because it's hard, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for the righteousness comes through the law. Then Christ died in vain. Now, here's the text. If we have died then there's a new life. And if we have died on Friday, we're going to live on Sunday, and we did. We got through Easter, and we, man, this place was packed, and we worship Jesus. Now, here's the text. You were raised. When we start to look at being co-resurrected, meaning that there was a death and we have died, then we're going to start to seek things which are above. And when we look at that, then we start to look at our passions, our desires. We start to look at things that 
we do in this world and where the focus is. Now, what scholars are going to get to here is to say the fact that when we look to things above, we, we look to the heavenlies. It's, it's like power said, oh, if we got there and Jesus wasn't there, what's the purpose of going, right? Like if the streets are great and your mansion's big and, and all you worry about is how big your crown is and all these great things. If you got there and Jesus was absent, uh-oh, right? Like we want to spend eternity with Jesus. So when we're here, this new life has triggered us to think things above. We're, we're constantly looking not toward, not neglecting the earthly call that we have, but we're not looking in the sense of the one day as much as we are in the sense of the one day we're going to worship Jesus forever. Our, our hope is heavenly. We, we want to be godly in our actions, right? He's really kind of bringing out some mistakes they got going on. He's really saying, if you belong to Jesus, then you would do a few things different. And so the offer was in verse 1 was to die to self, have a spiritual funeral, start over with your physical life, and do what God's called you to do. And that would be a prayer that we would say, we pray and we're hoping that everybody in the house of the Lord today is doing whatever that looks like because I don't have all those. And he moves through in, in verse 2 and he says this, Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden in Christ in God. Check it out. With Christ in God. 4 says, When Christ who is our life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Now, let's look at this adoption. Y'all seen it. It's in the text. If you've died, then you've been raised, and you're adopted in. Why? Well, the text says that your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, here's the beautiful part of that for us. Jesus don't treat adopted kids any differently than he, well, actually, than God did Jesus, right? There's not a second hand, hey, when he looks at you, your sin is Technically no different than other people's sin. It's sin. It needs repentance. The beautiful text here, Ephesians 1 says it this way, Blessed be the God of our Father and Lord Jesus who has, watch this, blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Listen to what it says. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him, having predestined us to an adoption as sons, Watch, by Jesus Christ to himself, brings us back there, according to the good pleasure of his will, Jesus, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accept in his beloved. It's a beautiful picture there. When we start to look at adoption, if we've died and raised and we have, then we belong. It, it, the mindset has to change. Paul's just simply writing here that you can't say who you used to be still defines who you are today. That's a good place for an amen, right? Because if you are new, then you're new. Like, every day that you wake up and you're breathing, so everybody in this sanctuary is breathing, then you have a purpose, okay? I don't know what that is, but God does. If you're not in here and breathing, wake up, right? Jesus has a plan for you. He needs you. If he didn't, he'd take you home. He knows the days. It's written, Psalm 139 confirms that for us. He's not shocked when you die. He knows when you're going to die. You haven't died yet physically. There's a purpose. We have to make the decision that we're going to serve him here in the hopes to spend eternity with him. It's not a works-based. It's just confirmation of the fruit of the tree. It's the tree planted near the green, good waters, right? There's confirmation. That tree grows. Dead trees don't. 
Jesus is alive and he's put it in you for your glory. And so, it, or actually for his glory, for, for us to honor him. It's a renewing of your mind. It's heavenly minded, not consumed with earthly things or earthly desires. It's that Romans 12 text when Paul says, you're, uh, present yourself a living sacrifice. We do that by changing our heart and renewing our mind, right? It's a made new. I love to say this, God's not in the remodeling business. He doesn't remodel you, he renews you. He makes you new, okay? You, you can say, Jesus is still working on me, and he may be, but when he died and you accepted him, he gave you a new life. Your identity is now in him, right? So like we always say, hey, uh, the last name on your jersey, hey, son, don't embarrass me, my last name's on your jersey. Your, your jersey has Jesus' name on the back. You belong to the Most High God. Now, how you, how you deal with that is between you and Him. Like, I, I, I know what He calls us to do, but I can't make you do it, right? It's obedience. There's, there's practical disciplines in our life that gets us there. It's a decision we got to make to say, I want to serve Jesus. I want to love Him, and I want to share Him. It's the greatest gift of all. If I was to give you uh, the greatest gift, surely you wouldn't hold it for yourself forever. Share the gift. Verse 5 says, Therefore put to death your members which are here on this earth. And then he's going to name some. Fornication and cleanliness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness. And then he says this, which is idolatry. Now let's talk about that. Physical death means to end some sin, right? We've got to get in there and we've got to slay away. There's some verbiage here that would show us a picture of putting to death to slay the sin. Kill the remaining sin. Why? For God's glory. He's going to name something that's going to get in our way here. All right? We have to be willing to sacrifice and change. It's the two words nobody wants to do in life, right? We don't want to change nothing. Leave me alone. I want to just move on. I can have a private relationship with Jesus. That's half truths. Your salvation is between you and Him, but Jesus calls you to a public recognition of Himself, Right? He don't call you for private worship. He calls you for public worship, right? Power said it. to Come into the sanctuary to worship with other believers. Love and encourage. That Hebrews 10.25 text. We love to say, don't neglect the, the gathering or forsake the gathering of yourselves together. Well, keep reading. That text says, why? Because we want to love and to stir up good works among the brethren. Right? Just not, it ain't numbers, basically. We don't care if there's 500 people on campus. If you're not being biblical, you can be an unhealthy 500. Who wants that, right? You want godly biblical teaching for the glory of God. And you, you, you want health and discipleship. We want growth. We want to see progress. And Paul named some things that's going to get in your way, and, and, and some of them's not fun. It is what it is. Fornication right out of the gate. Immorality, any kind of sexual related sin, you can put it in a category, it's there. He says, flee from that. And these, are, these are some things that's going to, at the time, listen to me, you get saved today, your Monday may not start different, but eventually your Mondays are going to be different. Amen? Like, there is a transformation, sanctification process that we got to work through. You're justified. You're, hey, it's new. I'm not saying that it's going to change now. But I do know people that would tell you that Jesus changed their now. It's between you and him. Any kind of sexual sin falls into this category. It's ugly. Listen to this. Uncleanliness. This is the second one he names. Impurities there. There's a broader statement here. 
In this word, in this text, we see that it's even broader to not just living unclean, but watch this, in regards to sexual sin, but also it can re refer to many other evil thoughts and intentions. So you, you may look at some of these lists and be like, nope, didn't do it, nope, ain't done it, nope, ain't done it. Well, if you're here today and you've had bad intentions or bad motives or evil thoughts, yep, you done it, right? So the text, we've got to look at the text and go, we, we can't exclude our behavior. Here's what the text says. Any kind of impurities in you can fall into this category. We're a new creation. We're totally new. God's made us new, right? You're the only thing God breathed life into, by the way. Genesis 1.26, he forms you up and put air into your body. He moves on and he says these things. Passion and evil desire and covetousness, they lead us to, to a form of idolatry. Watch this. Passion can be the physical side of the vice that holds you, while the evil desire can be the mental side. We're, we all struggle with something. There's a physical side to the struggles, and then it can be mentally side. So when we look at this text, here's what, here's what theologians and scholars say. The, the passions can be on the physical, evil desires can land on the mental, but you got to deal with it some way. And some, I, I can't tell you how other than the words, what we say. The Word of God is Scripture, praying, fasting, seeking, those disciplines. When you put anything in that, that, that picture there, anything above the Lord, well, it gets to the last part of the text, which is idolatry there in verse 5. The warning is sexual sin and greed. You can fill yours in. Maybe you don't struggle with those two sins, but there's many more. But when we're not careful, we don't worship Jesus anymore. We've created a new idol. Let me give you the list I gave Mud Creek this morning. Church attendance can be your idol. You can worship checking the box more than you worship the God that is the reason you're at the box. You can worship your children and how good they are at sports more than you worship the creator who created your children. You can worship how much money you make at your job more than you worship the creator who gave you the job. When you get them out of line, you've created an idol. Our God don't do good with idols. He's on record to be frustrated with idols. Amen? Rightly so. He's a jealous God. He should be. Why? He came and lived and died for you. He gave his son for your filthy sin. Oh, but Justin, mine ain't that filthy. Yes, it is. Because Jesus says it is. Right? He, I didn't say it. He did. It's filthy rags. Right? It's filthy. Without Jesus, you don't get to spend eternity in heaven. Well, none of us are perfect. We start to look at these things and we start to go, Man, but really, that's not me. I, 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 don't, I don't have this particular sin. Well, be careful because you got plenty others. And if you're not careful, one of them's lying. <laughs> lying to yourself. We're going to see it in the text. 6 says, Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedient in which you your, uh, yourself once was when you lived in them. Now, let's go back. Let's go back to the very beginning of the text. It's, it's the dying... It's the resurrection. It's the who we live with now. Listen to me. When we, see, when we see verse 6 here, when we go back, that particular text, hey, the wrath of the sons of disobedience, that's the old dude. 
theologian scholars tell you right here, the, the reference is to unbelievers, to those who are unrepentant. Here's why Paul is saying this to the church of Colossae. Hey, 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 you, you knew. Like, that's not you anymore. Quit getting in that camp. And why? Because your fruit's bad. And other people need good fruit. And sometimes they need your fruit, right? Your fruit don't go to waste. It's either good or bad. Has anybody ever seen a tree that's kind of eh? No, it's going to be good fruit or bad fruit. Here's what Jesus says. Somebody's getting fruit off of you. Now, guess who's going to answer for that one day? You and me. When we stand before the Most High God, we're going to answer for everything we've done, right? And we're going to answer for giving bad fruit to David Snow. Instead of giving him good fruit and encouragement, I gave him bad fruit. It's not going to be a Q&A. I don't believe that. I don't think you're going to be up there doing a Q&A with Jesus. I think you're just going to hear the things you didn't do right. Hear the things you did. It's a decision that we make, but we've got to get out of there. We don't, I, I said this at Mud Creek, and, and, and some of the older people this morning told me the name. Y'all remember that song, Powers? You're going to remember the song. I don't live there anymore, thanks to Calvary. It's old school. You don't know that song? You don't know Jesus. <laughs> it's old school, old school song. Did anybody in the house know that song? Thanks to Calvary. I don't Look at all these people. Mark, sing us a song. Listen, listen, I know y'all kids. Listen, y'all kids like, that's the dumbest thing. No, 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 no. It's the facts. Thanks to Calvary, we don't return to those things anymore, right? Thanks to what Jesus did, we don't return there anymore. The most beautiful part of this text is that's who you used to be. That's, that was your old name, your old person. You, you don't go there anymore. There has been blood shed for you. Someone died for you and me. And look, I'm as bad as you about wanting to return to those places. That's not where God wants his children to live. Paul says, get out of there. Get out of there. Look, turn. 180, turn from your wicked. Get away from that. Look, it may cost you some friends you thought. Get away from that. Put godly influences in your life. Make godly habits the first thing you say. Listen, thanks to Calvary. Thank you, Mark, for saying Thanks to Calvary. We don't belong there anymore. Have you ever seen somebody, watch this, have you ever seen somebody somewhere that they wasn't supposed to be? Two, two questions. Why was you there? <laughs> why was they there? Look, you left there and you went, why, did, why was they there? Listen, Paul says, get out of there. Get out of there. Whatever the case is, get out of there. You're new. It's a start over. Hey, here's a word. Don't abuse grace. Let me get over here, but don't neglect grace, okay? Listen, don't live over here and go, but Jesus loves me. I don't, I don't do anything biblical. I got a dirty mouth. I still got all the bad habits. And all those blanks that Paul writes about in this text, but, but the grace of God. Well, that's going to be a bad hole too one day, right? You lived like where you was going. And then when you got to heaven, you was like, and you just hope he says your name. It's not biblical. Turn. Seek the Lord and live right. Let's get over here. Some of you are still living like your sins are so bad, God's not big enough. Some of you are not living like the, excuse me, the grace and the blood has been applied. Hey, mentally, you're a new creation. Mentally. Like, when you wake up every day, 
I can live now because I live in Him. Listen, that sin of yesterday is gone. Look at me. The windshield of your front car is humongous. You know what's small? The rearview mirror. Get out of back there and get up here. Now, don't be, don't be, be careful. You'll end up over here, and you'll be doing your sin, saying, Grace, grace, grace. No, 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 no. I'm telling you the grace of God is big enough and has cleansed you, and live like it. Live a godly, graceful life. Live like who God's called us to be. Verse 8 says this, But now you yourselves are to put off all these. It's kind of, a, 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 when he said it a while ago, it's, it's a renewer, uh, it's newer, it's a renewing, but it's even more things. And watch this list, because y'all are all in this list, because I was. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. It's, it's a pretty incredible text. The Bible's clear to be angry and do not what? Sin. You can be angry. Just don't sin. Somebody's going to make you mad. It's just your response to the mad. Right? It's how you deal with how you've been treated. Listen to me. Every day, I battle these things every day. I want to be ugly or say something hurtful. Right? That's not the Bible. James 1 and 19, my favorite verse says, slow to, slow to speak, quick to listen. Right? Two, two ears and one mouth. The wrath is not yours. You have to make a decision that you was wronged, but you're going to honor Jesus. Literally. I, I made that decision yesterday. I want to be really ugly to somebody. And, and in my mind, I just stopped and I thought, what if all these people here seen me, knew where I served, and then I didn't act right? Now look, I wanted to act ugly. It didn't make me feel better. But I, I took a minute and was like, that's not the right thing to do. Right? It's, it's not. Don't be angry. Be biblical. The wrath is not yours. We're not going to spend a lot of time on that. It's not yours. We know what the Lord says. Hey, you, the, the wrath was given all, all to his son on the cross on your behalf. You, you have no right to hold it against someone else. Malice. Check this out. Malice. We start looking at this word. It ties me back to motives. We start to look at, hey, let me ask you this. If you're in here and you like to see other people do bad so you can do good or look good, hmm. That's not in the Word. If you want to see people put down or suffer so you can be up and higher, mm, it's not in the Word. It's not the text. Jesus don't, hey, there's some malice here. There's some bad motives. There's some things that are not healthy in your life, right? That shouldn't be us at any time. It's not a get, get back attitude. I'm going to show you. It's, it's remain godly. Does anybody in the house this morning want to say God's not big enough to take care of all your needs? Does anybody? Does everybody in the house believe God's big enough to take care of every need, no matter if you lost it all? Is that, are we in the house? Sometimes we don't act like it. When you fire off and your anger and your wrath and your malice is ugly, what you're saying is, God, you ain't big enough. God, you forgot me down here. Watch it. It's easy to get there. Hey, God, you picked them over me. Why am I suffering? Watch this. This is how it works. And then before you know it, you've convinced yourself you get a free shot. I get a free shot to do whatever I want. Why? Because I was wrong, and, and that's, that's the least I do. I, I, somebody owes me that. It's not what the text says. Hey, it's difficult. Blasphemy is the next thing he names. And in relation, scholars say this word here would be better translated slander for us. Listen, if you, if you have an issue gossiping and talking about people, Pray about that. If your Facebook looks atrocious, pray about that. 
Right? Use a social media platform for God's glory, not your rants. Let's be careful that every time I click on that, we're not seeing you ranting again about something, right? Social media, oh my gosh. Somebody, look, you make me want to sin because I want to block you. Do something, right? <laughs> be careful. This list is hard. Be careful to stay out of this list. Verses 5 through 9 gives two warnings to the Christians here. Fight sexual sin. Fight it. And then watch this. Have the right attitude toward materialistic things of the earth. What's he saying? What's, what's, Paul's not saying it's okay to have a lot of money or a lot of things. Or, that's not, Paul's not saying it. It's got to be categorized correctly. It, it can't be an idol. It can't be in front of Jesus. You can't be money-driven, greed, covetous, always wanting, right? The things are, there's very wealthy people that do very biblical things. Paul just says your attitude's got to be correct. It's got to be right. Check this verse out, verse 9. Y'all was hoping we didn't get here. I'm going to go over time a little bit to get here. Do not lie to one another. Good grief. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Are you kidding me? Hey, I don't lie. I'm not a liar. I ain't never lied to nobody. Watch this text. Watch this text. I studied this two weeks. This week. Watch this. Watch this. It's beautiful. There's some scholars and theologians that say, watch, watch what you say because it, you don't have to lie with the words in your mouth. Watch. If it's not the truth, it's a lie. But check this out. There's a group of people that lie by silence, mannerisms, actions, how they treat people and how they lead people. If it's not truthful and godly, it's a lie. I don't care if you said it or not. Amen? Like if you, if you think about how you do those things, you, you can be tangled up in, in a lie just as easy and it never came out of your mouth. It's a warning for the believer to continue his behavior for the glory of God. That, the, the warning here is your fruit, your behavior has to match who you are. Like it, I've told you all this a hundred times. Like if I went to Birmingham Fire Department with my Hueytown uniform on, you know what they'd have said? You don't belong here. You got the wrong clothes on, bro. It, it, vice versa. If Brad Richardson rolls into Birmingham PD tomorrow, they're going to go, you don't work here. If we ain't careful, somebody's going to look at us and go, you don't love Jesus. There's no way. It's a danger. It's a warning. He just pleads for our obedience. 10 says this, and I put on the new man. Watch. Now we're putting it on, who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Now, we're going to be out of time, so we're going to stop right here in just a minute. The beautiful put on. We've been putting off, put to death. We get back down here, and it's a put on. Here's where the scholars in the I love this. They say it's like the, the guy taking off the old, wore-out, dirty, filthy clothes and being garbed with brand-new clothes. That's how simple the text is. This was the old guy, and here's the new guy. Now, check this text out. When we start to look at this, we're like, yeah, but I don't understand all that because I'm still not perfect. No, no, no. You're not perfect, but the, but, but the one Jesus who died for you and gave you the new set of clothes is. You didn't pay for this new set of garb right here. Y'all tracking with that? You didn't pay for salvation. You can't. You can't buy it. You can't work for it. 
you was clothed in righteousness and freedom that you didn't deserve. But somebody said your old clothes are looking bad and I want to give you some new ones. And boom, they stuck them on you. Now, here's what Paul's writing to the church class say. Live in those clean clothes and keep them clean. Look, it's easy to get back in the dirt. Hey, in the mud hole, you're going to get muddy, right? I'll give you some shocking news. If you get over in the mud hole, you're going to get muddy, right? What you put down the well comes up in the bucket. Garbage in, garbage out. Y'all know all my sayings. All those are sayings for my kids every day. Every day I drop my kids off. Be smart, behave, be different on purpose. You got to work to keep these clothes clean. You're not going to... Nobody's perfect. Like it, It's impossible to meet, but it's not impossible to try. Are y'all tracking me? Don't give up on keeping this set of clothes clean. Now, I'll say this. This is a hard issue, salvation first, but then it's a hard issue post that. Well, check this out, check this out. Jeremiah 17 says this. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Watch, watch. I, the Lord, search the heart and I test the mind. Beautiful text here. Even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruits of his doings. Your heart is evil and wicked. Your disciplines have to be in order. Hey, can I afford to skip some disciplines? I tell you no. What's my disciplines? Uh, praying, seeking, fasting, praying, seeking, fasting. We just keep that rolling. Accountability partners, godly men, men, godly women, women. Don't cross that line. Keep those together. Keep people putting in your life to keep your clothes clean. This guy works his tail off to keep spotless guard. He's not going to do it. You're not going to be an alcoholic today and be healed immediately. Though you could be, that's Jesus' call. But that could be a process. You can't be addicted to porn. and then and It's a process, right? You can't be a liar that's greedy and be ugly to people. It's a process. Transformation, sanctification, we're cleaning you up as we go. You're justified over here, but you've got to work through this process right here. But let me just say something. If I woke up every morning and be like, what's Jesus going to do today? And I ain't, saying, I ain't pray, I ain't seek, fast, study, nothing. What makes me think Jesus is just going to pop my little head open and give me some info for the day? I'm not saying he can't, but I'm saying there's an effort for a believer to become more biblical, to seek God, to search God, right? To grow, here's a word, grow in the word of the Lord for his glory. I was afforded an opportunity to speak Friday to the football team, and well, there's some other athletes in there. And I just said this. I used part of this text. And I said, look, we're not perfect, but, but, but coach is, is a constant practice guy. I, know, I mean, coach, that's what they do. Practice makes permanence, what I say. Good habits make good habits, right? We, we keep, hey, hey Christian, can I give you some shocking news? You, you got to practice. You, you got to practice. Like, you have to work to stay out of the ditch in your mind, to stay out of sin, to, to beat addictions. You have to work every day. We, we can't wake up and let somebody else live your biblical life. That's not biblical. That's not Jesus. He calls us to live it. And we do it with habits. And we do it with repentance. And we do it with good disciplines in our life. And if you need good disciplines, come find us. We'll help you. Give you I mean, we'll give you all the resources we can. We'll text. We'll talk. Whatever it is. But we have to say there's a new person. Thanks to Calvary. I wanted to sing that, Mark, but I chose not to. Thanks to Calvary. I don't live here anymore. Listen, listen, some of y'all be like, it's so, so old. It's never going to get old. Right? 
It can't get old. The moment Calvary means nothing to you, something's wrong. The moment that the blood that covered you don't matter anymore, that there's no cost, I just live like whatever, something's wrong. I, I, I would say, seek the Lord. You're a new person. Powers, you come on. Guys, going to worship. We're going to wind down. Renewed knowledge in the Lord. We know because Jesus has made known to us. We're created in His image. There is no, well, I'm just not sure. We'll just pick the word up. The knowledge of the Lord is here. The renewing of your mind happens. We grow for God's glory, and He helps us. Okay, it's right here. I'm not being sarcastic. The Bible has every answer you need. Okay? Every one of them's here. And because God made us in His image, again, I told y'all, Genesis chapter 1, 26 formed you up. He's only, you are the only living thing God breathed air into. Let us make, here's what he said, let us make man in our image. That's what he said in the text, let us make man in our image. And then 11 says this, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or citizen, slave nor free, but Christ is in all and in all. He is all and in all. We give God the glory for him. Watch. God made you new. God made you new for a purpose. New name, new title. Colossians chapter 3, God made you new. Here's my play today. If you're here and you're lost, you don't know Jesus, we're going to ask you to know Jesus, right? If you do and you just live like, we're going to ask you to repent and turn from your ways. Change that. Have good fruit for somebody to eat on. Hey, if we all worked hard, we could eliminate that. they just full of hypocrites. <laughs> right? One of the best comebacks I've ever heard of that is, so is Walmart, and you go spend a lot of money there. I thought, well, that's pretty good. Walmart's got more hypocrites than we do. I hope. Let's pray. God, we, we love your word. We love to hear it. God, we, we pray that it changes our heart. God, what a shame to be, to know all the knowledge. Your, your word says that you can know and have the power of the word and never change because you chose, we chose not to. Help us, God, to be biblical. And may we live for your glory. And God, it's hard. It's, it's doable. And it's doable because of the word and the Holy Spirit that drives us, God. The Holy Spirit that lives inside of a believer is the only reason. Help us, God, to get there. Let us seek you, love you, and share you. Bless this time, God, in Jesus' name. Amen.